Hello, welcome to Alternate Take Reviews. It's a podcast run by our film page Alternate Take. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we are at www.facebook.com slash alternate take one to three. On Instagram, you can find us by searching underscore alternate take underscore. This review is available in written format on our Medium page www.medium.com slash alternate take. So let's get started with today's review. A suitable boy review with Andrew Davis's script single-handedly limiting the cast, the series marks Mira Nair's weakest, sloppiest, and tepid directorial work in years. My relationship with Vikram Seth's novel A Suitable Boy started out in a vein similar to every regular Indian student. The book invariably found mention and unfailingly surfaced in general knowledge textbooks as a mandatory trivia thanks to its notoriously untamable page count. I resisted for the longest time, wary of yet another post-colonial text grappling with post-partition aftermath. But the prospect of a Miranair adaptation and the cursory glimpses at the courtesan tradition the book seemed to offer pulled me towards it, which is so overwrought on multiple accounts, head scramblingly and exaggeratedly specific in detailing of parliamentary procedures of land reform bills, tannery processes, etc., and ultimately an extraordinary plunge into matters of the human heart. I haven't finished the book yet. I will concur, the book has a profound, clear-eyed, unsentimental understanding of the minutiae of 1950s India, reflected in brisk, occasionally laborious observations on the social mores of that time and a timeless socio-political currency considering the startling prescience with which Seth talks about the communal animosities stirred in a petri dish of lethal vengefulness by agenda-driven parties on either side. Mira is no stranger to adaptation. Both her strongest and most planned directorial work has been in this tricky terrain. Among her finest is her adaptation of Jhumpa Lahiri's The Namesake, in which she successfully mined the collective emotion and experience of an entire diasporic community. In her handling of Mohsin Hamid's reluctant fundamentalist, that sure-footed transfer of spirit across mediums was completely amiss. Even an absent-minded rush through any episode of A Suitable Boy would be adequate to convey to you an elementary sense of the industrial-scale production muscle, Nye's single-minded conviction that cut adamantly into the rarefied niche BBC domains, the endless negotiations she must have undertaken to actualize the most common place of demands to ensure ethnocultural and period authenticity. This is why it especially breaks my heart to write and lament that all that rigor and strain has eventually produced and culminated in a show that singularly lacks any form of emotional veracity and truth of the moment. The story is about a young, sprightly girl, Lata Mehra, and her mother, Rupa, who is bent on finding the most suitable room for her. The seemingly simple starting premise trails off into multiple subplots and tracks, chronicling four families, the Kapoors, Chatterjee's, Mehra's and the Khan's.
The most substantial parallel plot track is a reckless young wastrel man's impetuous heady romance with the courtesan Saidabai whose elegance and poetry are ensorcelling. A minister seeks to build a temple next to a mosque in flaming communal sentiments an episode directly drawing from the Babri Masjid demolition that catalyzed intense vitriol across the religious communities. Gradually we are introduced to the three sorts of Lata. Firstly, there is a smolderingly attractive Kabi Durani, a Muslim student with an avid interest in cricketing poetry who spurs a fierce passion in Lata. We meet Amit Chatterjee, the creme de la creme, sophisticated poet with a definitive aesthetic tastes and acumen, and then ultimately Harish Khanna, the shoemaker who exudes a mollifying kind of reliability and an even temper. There's a clutch of interesting characters, particularly Lata's sister-in-law Minakshi, who's seductively perky and has multiple frequent romantic liaisons outside her marriage. All these unfold against the backdrop of post-partition 1950s India, also invoking the vitiated communal polarization that especially steeped in the 1990s. The action moves from the fictional town of Brampur to Lucknow to Delhi to Kolkata. Naturally, the plotting is busy and the dive from one track to the other is frenetic and to pack in so many angles often intersecting within six episodes is an almost impossible task, frankly unwise, going against the very grain of the book. The novelistic detail, which only gets translated into intricate, stupendously attentive production design by Stephanie Carroll and costume design by Arjun Bhasim, is fully absent from the characterization. Most of the characters are truncated to mere caricatures, especially Rupa Mehra, an otherwise fascinating character and the still emotional center of the book is presented with grating, largely exasperating superficial excess by Mahira Kakkar. Her argument seen with Lata when she discovers her daughter has been going out with a Muslim is so annoyingly stridently performed, exacerbated by the dullest of dialogues. In fact, it's Andrew Davis' script which is the biggest offender. It is culpable for limiting most actors. The confused, jagged, linguistic mishmash of English, Hindi, Urdu, Bengali is so ungainly, almost every actor falters with inelegant accents that are instantly off-putting. The transitions between the languages should have been more fluid. Fine actors like Randeep Huda, Vijay Raz, Vijay Varma get too listless material and it bogs them down completely. In terms of emotional significance, the village subplot hardly registers. The horrific oppressions of the zamindari system in rural India is viewed through a poorly judged, mostly archaic lens with near to nil understanding of the milieus of the countryside, considerably pushing the otherness of the rural folks. Only few actors walk away unscathed. Rasika Dugal retains her luminescence and Shahana Goswami lights up every scene she is in with a mischievous spark. As Maan, Ishan Khattar is insouciant, often foolish, giving in to reckless, feckless urges. He is hopelessly impulsive, dashes to swift decisions based on instant emotions. And as Saidabai, Tabu creates a striking portrait of grand, profound melancholy and wistfulness, combining an exquisite grace with an ache containing multitudes. To the abuse and being instantly used and manipulated is a familiar thing and she uses her art as reprieve for her grief, which she expresses sparingly. As much as I was fascinated by Saida, I was aware that the series was narrating from the perspective of someone who is desperately trying to peek into the rich courtesan tradition. 
never quite managing to offer much insight into the macros of it all. Naya doesn't expose Saida with much attentiveness. I also loved Shubham Saraf as Feroz, Man's closest friend. Here Naya suggests subtly a homoerotic angle. Shubham is just so lovely, I wish there was more of him. Of the suitors, Namit Das, as Harish, puts in the most endearing fleshed-out performance and Danish Rasvi as Kabir is insanely charismatic. As Lata, Tani Maniktar is mostly always charming, but that indefatigable smile and sparkle needed to be latched onto more diverse mood inflection, which is why her performance quickly just turns into yet another serviceable act. Her buoyancy lacks a certain complexity that belies her basic predicament. In fact, time constraints and the intimidating largest of material at hand has never reflected so explicitly in any recent series. The series lurches from one crisis to the other. We are only un- we are only comfortably settled in one situation than we are yanked out and planted, hurled in some other remote circumstance in the village. I almost felt the primary anxieties that writer must have had while choosing which plot points to zoom in on, which is an early and show sign of a hugely ineffectual adaptation. Perhaps my most favorite thing about the series is Kavita Seth's guzzles, drawn from the rich works of Amir Minai Dag Delvi, which are a thing of triumphant glory, beauty, and sheer power. The sadness inherent inside us being envelops the viewer completely. What ultimately stayed with, the, with me the most were her magnificent renditions. For days and end, I kept humming. Mehfil Barkhaste Patange, Ruksat Shamoi Se Horehehe, He Kochka Vakt Asma Par, Tare Kahi Nam Ko Rehehe, Unki Bhi Namud He Koi Dam, Wo Bhi Na Rehenge Jo Rehehe, Dunia Ka Ye Rang or Hamko, Kuch Hosh Nahihe So Rehehe.